0: Okay, we're learning the Aftesvav, starting from the Mishnah, a few lines down here. So again, we're talking about what happens when a person is macabre on himself, they have different terms of nazirism. The question is how they intersect with one another, how they overlap with one another, they can run concurrent to one another, how exactly does it work? So the Mishnah says, I'm going to be a nazir when I have a son. So he said that one first. So that one is the we learn, that one for sure, when he has a son, it's going to be Chal right away. Then he adds as well, Nazir me'a yom. I'm also a Nazir for 100 days. So He has two different things. He's going to be a 30-day Nazir when he has a son and a 100-day Nazir, which, um, which could theoretically uh, begin, begin right away. So the question is, is it, is it going to have to be a total of 130 days of those terms of Nazir? Because, hey, he's got two separate terms of Nazir's. One is 30-day term when his son is born, first and foremost, and another one is a 100-day term, which could, be, which could begin right now. So now what happens? So immediately he starts observing his Naziris, no issue. But now the shaila again, as we learned yesterday... Couple days ago as well that as soon as the sun is going to be born it's going to be have to be interrupted at 100 day in his ears why because it was said first so that one for sure is going to take effect so now what happens is no lo ben when the sun is born says the mission is false achieve him if it's up to 70 days into the 100-day term so now what's going to happen is for sure the 30-day term of the sun is going to come so now the shyla is maybe instead of interrupting the 100 days actually maybe they can be part of both how interesting of a concept since anyways this, the term for the sun is going to take effect, and it's in the middle of the 100-day term. If, the, if, if it's not going to go past the 100-day term, meaning it's at a time up to 70 days in his term, so the 30 days will end before the 100 days will end. So they'll be uh, sandwiched between the the observance of the 100 days, so he doesn't lose anything. Meaning that you're able to have the Naziris out the sun run at the same time as the Naziris for his own acceptance. So, he said he's going to be in Nazareth for 30 days when his son is born. And he said he'll be in Nazareth for 100 days. He starts observing the 100 days in years Somewhere up until day 70, the son is born. So now for sure he's going to have to start observing the, the, the Nazareth for the son because that one was set first. But since that one was, is taking effect before day 70, that means it's going to certainly be swallowed within the 100 days in So the Mishnah says a tremendous novelty that the days of, of, of those 30 days that he's counting can count for both. It can be... And a, and a fulfillment of his nazir is for when his son will be born. And it can also be a fulfillment of the nazir part of the days of 100. However, if the son is born after 70 days, so now what's going to happen is that the, the 30 days would, will certainly have to go beyond the scope of 100. So meaning, let's say it's born on day 72. So now for sure, the 30 days are going to extend beyond the 100 days. So in that case, what's the halacha? So, Sarah, so then you lose days. So what does that mean, you lose days? It means that the days cannot count for both. Then the days will only count for the sons, nazirus, for the nazirus that's going to be Chal when he has the son. And then when it is finished, then he'll go back and finish up the days that he has for the... for the, for, for the first term of the 100 days. And what's the reason of this? There's no such thing as, as ever shaving for growth of less than 30 days. Meaning the idea of Nazir is can never be less than, than 30 days. So since the son's under 30 days, it's not going to end together with the father's one, right? You always need at least 30 days. So it's not going to end together with the father's one. If it's not going to end together with the father's one, then we don 't say that they come together. The language of the mission is a little bit difficult it 's much more like the question of whether they combine or not is depending upon you know, the din of that the head shaving needs 30-day growth. And we learned about that. We learned about that yesterday. You know, it's an interesting concept. Let's say a guy fulfilled all of the instances in his but someone, I don't know, he somehow randomly someone cut his hair on the last day by mistake, you know? So then he can't, even though the term is over and he doesn't lose his days but he can't go ahead and, and bring carbonos and shave until he waits 30, uh, to, until 30 more days where he has a good growth of hair. It sounds like that didn't, but mission being expressed here in the Mishnah. But to be sure say that's not really the point here. The point really is something else. The point is, if the term of the sun will be swallowed up with in the 100 days of the term for that the person is not accepting, then the plot is that the observant can count for both because the taco is swallowed up within it. But if the son is born after 70 days have passed, so the observance of the term for the son will extend beyond the 100 days, then it's not swallowed up, then it's time you have to observe them separately. So very interesting what comes out in the Mishnah. Guy's got two he's accepting two separate Nazirahs. First and foremost, when the son will be born, he's in for 30 days. That one for sure has been taking effect. He also has in Nazirah for 100 days. So what happens when the son is born, if it's born before day 70? So then he had the, days of, the 30 days that he observed for his son also count towards the count of 100. The person only ends up counting 100 days of Nazir, it's not 130. Whereas if the son is born after day 70, so then we say that since it will stick out beyond the 100 days anyway, so then it cannot, uh, the, the, the fulfillment of Nazir cannot count for both. All right, says the Gemara, Rav, a tremendous He really doesn't even have to do 100 days, he can just do 99. Why? What's the shot? How do you get, get a day cut off? Because day 70 can count towards both. Day 70 is as if it is two days. It is one day for the father's term and it's also a separate day for the son's term and you, therefore you end up saving a day. What in the world is the idea? The idea is that the day the son is born is going to be considered as if it's two days. How do we have that? Because what happens is he's, the day has already begun the day has begun and it's already been counted towards his own term, whatever, call it day 70 of, uh, of, of his, of, for, for, for his own 100-day term. Then that gets interrupted by the birth of the sun. It's activating that term. That happens sometime on the day when the sun is born. So the remainder of the day is counting towards the first day of the sun's term. So you have different parts of the day which are counting towards being like pulled in different directions. Part of the day, when the day began, it was just the, that day towards his own t- term of 100. Then when the sun is born, it's activating the chalois naziros, the kashiya lebein. So Rav is saying that since it's counting, it's being activated towards two different things, it's as if it's separate days. And remember, we've had this principle called mixas hayom, K'kulo, that there's an idea that when, you, that when you have a count of something, then you have a ayom which is pulled towards one thing, then it's as if there's a kulo. So that's hair taking place in two different directions. You have a ayom kakulo, that before the son was born, the day was just being counted towards the 100 of his own term. And then you also have a different ayom that's being pulled in the direction that when the son is being born, so now it's triggered toward a full day of, of that term. So Rav says, it's as if it's two days toward the father's term. Now you're going to say that doesn't make sense because it, 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 it can't be better than if the son wasn't born. But Rav's saying, hagufa it is. Since there's something activating it towards the other Naziris, where the, uh, uh, the second half, call it, let's say the kid is born halfway through the day, the second half of the day as a different shame, it's a different identity that is counting towards the son's term. And remember, the father's term can be, count, can be counted towards it as well because it's going to be swallowed up within it. So it says, if day seven, it says, if the day the son is born is two separate days for the count of the father. That's the novelty that we're saying. So let's just understand. Let's just speak it out. Let's say, you know, he has 100 days in his ears, and he said when the kid is born on the 30 days in his years, the kid is born on day, uh, day 20. Day 20, let's call it. So that day 20 counts double towards the 100 days. It's as if it was two days. So he only ends up observing 99 days. Meaning the Mishnah didn't speak that out. The Mishnah was just saying, that know what? Uh, that since the sun's naziris would be swallowed up within the 100 days of his before day 70, so then, then the, day, the days that you count in those 30 days count also for your 100-day term. Very good. That's all the Mishnah said. What Rav is adding is that the day itself when the sun is born is as if it's two days towards the 100 days of the father's count. So how did it turn into two days? It's only one day. The Terence is because the identity of the day gets activated differently in the middle of the day. In the beginning of the day it was just towards his father's term. Just for his own term. When he has a son, it's being activated that it's a mix of a towards the 30 days of that. So for instance, it has two different shamos, two different identities on that day. So it's as if there are two days. What a novelty from Rav. And therefore, on a practical level, the person's only going to have to do 99 days. So it's like, Mama's a riddle. How do you have a 100 day, uh, 100 day term of Naziris, where practically it gets works in 99 days. The answer is where there was also a separate term of Naziris, which is being activated in the middle uh, when it's before day 70. And then what happens is that day when the sun is born is as if it's separate, two separate days, and it counts separately towards the count of 100. So the Gemara asked right away, The Mishnah says that the son is born up to 70 days. He doesn't lose. If it's true that the day that the son is born counts as both days, he gains. The Mishnah says you don't lose. Meaning the Mishnah emphasizes you don't have to do 130. Right? The Mishnah emphasizes that when the kid is born before day 70, up until day 70. So you say you don't lose anything. 100 days, is good because the thirty days for the sun will also count towards his own term. The Mishnah should say better. You gain when the sun is born before day seventy. You gain a day. The Mishnah should have emphasized that. Says the Gemara. You're right, really the Mishnah could have said that up until 70 you don't lose and actually you gain. You're right, the Mishnah could have said that. But since the Mishnah is going to set up that if the kid is born after 70, where it's going to extend beyond the 100, and therefore the days can't count towards his own term, it's only going to be counting towards the son, there it's going to forfeit, he's going to have to do more than 100 days. So for the beginning of the Mishnah also just says he doesn't lose. But you're right, in Hachinami, before if it's born before 70, it's more than he doesn't lose. The reality is that he gains as well. Says the Gemara say, but let's look at the end of the Mishnah. So it says if he's born after seven days, you lose. So that's all very good if he would be born on day 72 and not. But let's say the son is born on day 71, so there's only 29 days left. So the Mishnah's before that what? It's after day 70, day 71, right? The Mishnah said after 70, you lose. What's the Pshah? Because there's only 29 days to go, so it's going to stick out beyond the 100. If it's going to stick out beyond the 100, then it has to be counted alone. But why? If day 71, whatever day the son is born, can count as two days, so even if you only have 29, days you really have 100 or you really have 30 right because on that 20 on that day 71 when the sun is born day 71 will be two days toward the 100 so even though it looks like you only have 29 left you really have 30. If Rav is right, that the day that the son is born, if it's going to count towards the father's term, it would count as double. It would count as two days. So then even if the son is born on day 71, that's not going to stick out beyond the 100. So how could the Mishnah say, if the son is born after 70 days, you lose, it shouldn't be true. If the son is born on day 71, it should still be good. Says the Gemara, forced response, my Acher. What is the Mishnah saying when it's saying, if it's born after 70 days, then you lose? Acher, Acher, it means after, after. Meaning it's not literal after 70. Day 71 will also be fine. It means after after 70, day 72 is where it's an issue. Obviously, that's a pretty forced answer says the Gemara Mar jumps over this Mar jumps all over that what if it would be immediately after 70 let's see what it would be on day 71 according to Rav you're saying it wouldn't, you wouldn't lose right because day 71 will be too why did the Mishnah say up until day 70 you don't lose you could have said up until 71 so you can't accept that meaning if the Mishnah said before 70 and after 70 even if you're right that language could be tolerated after 70 means 72 but why would the Mishnah say until 70 then. You can't have your cake and eat it too. The mission can't say until 70 and after after. What about the 71? You just left that out? Clearly after 70 means immediately after 70, means day 71. Even day 71 is too late, he's going to forfeit the days, and Rav is not supported from the Mishnah, meaning the Mishnah is evidence against Rav. The day that the son is born does not count as two days toward, towards his count of 100. It is not true, and that's why if it be born on day 71, it will extend beyond the 100, and therefore it will not count as both. So now that we basically see that what Rav said is against the Mishnah, the Gemara says Rav commanded Damash Meitzer. Then according to who did Rav say his halacha? So basically, like this, we're going to go on a wild goose hunt over here now, because what we what we need to figure out in this is the principle mixus ayum kikulo. Now let me just elaborate just a little bit over here. Mixus ayum kikulo, mixus ayum kikulo, the idea of let's say you know that. When you're counting something, we have the Fe, hey, that even if, let's say, in is a 30-day term, as soon as you count day 30 just a little bit, a day of observance of day 30, technically the term has ended. That's an, a def, definitely a concept. mixing Yom Kokulo, we're, we're, we're fine with. But what Rob is taking here, mixing Yom kukulo, is to a whole new level. What Rob said here, mixing Yom kukulo, is that since there was a mixing Yom before the sun was born, which was counting towards the counting towards the 100 days. And then when the son was born, it's activating another term of Nezirah's, that's Chal in the second part of the day. So it's as if the day has two identities. And now remember, since the son's Nezirah's is, 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 is overlapping with the fathers, they can count concurrently, they can count together. So it's as if there's two days for the father's term. That's the bigger novelty of Rav. We have to get that clear before we proceed. Rav is not just say, Miksasayom Kekulah. Rav is saying a bit much bigger Chiddush. He's saying since Miqsa Sayyom Kekulo and the day ends up counting towards two different things, it's as if it's two days. And since therefore it's as if it's two days, we don't know that there were two days towards the 100 on the day that the son was born. So we need to figure out basically once we see that the Mishnah is not like Rav, Rav must have some Tana out there who has more of an extreme view in Miqsa Sayyom Kekulo. Not only that the part of the day is like a day, but that therefore, and if there's another identity in the rest of the day, it's as if it's two days. That's what we need from Rav. So the Gemara says, Who in the world does Rav get this from? He lay maybe it's like Abashol. So we learn a shikl din of Avelas here. It says, Nah, no, Kaibis, we a regal. Someone who buries his dead relative three days before the regal. Right? We pay was in and Sukkis, These are dinim. We're very familiar with the concept that Avelus is cancelled, right? The Shiva is cancelled by a yontif. It's very hard to fully get into this. I'll give a brief hakdama. very brief. Is that it says in Moikan, that, 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 that the idea is that on a rego, you're not no, you got valus. that's for sure true. like let's say somebody does a burial on let's say, the din is that the shiva does not, not observe that. Why? Because the essay to be happy is, which is obviously a conflict with the essay of Avelos of observing the Avelos, the expressions of Avelos. Obviously those are a conflict. Which one should be observed? The one which is for the community is more important than the one that's for the individual. So the essay to is not going to be the essay to be and therefore the mitzvah of the says no shiva now. So what happens? The shiva is pushed till afterwards. Very good very quiet. What we're talking about is where the Shiva began and had an important halakh of it. The first portion of the Shiva was complete before the regel started. In that case, Instead of saying that it will be interrupted and it will continue after the Yontif, we say once enough was done before, it's just, it, and it can't be done on Yontif, so then it's just canceled completely. That is the idea. Why exactly does it do that as opposed to postponing it till afterwards? That you have to understand a little bit better in Mesecha's Moikon. So again, the concept is that uh, the regal is a stira to the avilas. That's why if someone's buried on Yontif, the, reg, the, the, the shiva is postponed. But if the shiva had begun in a significant chilek before that Yontif comes, and now it's a to observing it on Yontif, then the pshad is that, y- that Yontif just cancels it, and it doesn't have to be observed anymore. The same idea is true for the period of Shloshim. Let's say the Shiva was completed, but the Shloshim had begun before the Yontif, so since the Nuhigim the Avelos of Shloshim are a stirot to the Nuhigim of Yontif, so therefore we say that the Yontif will simply cancel the whole Shloshim, very right? similar concept. So what happens is the Mishra says, someone who did that three days before. So the most intense period of the Shiva, which is the first three days has already be, happens before Yontiv but let me, then the din of seven days is just bottle. it gets cancelled meaning you don't have to complete it afterwards obviously you don't do it you don't do it on the regal and you don't have to observe it afterwards as well. Shemodim of the regal, if the burial was eight days before the regal, which means that I finished the seven days of Shiva and I have a day of shloshim before the regal happens, before the regal occurs, next then the din of the shloshim is botel, meaning it gets canceled completely. It's like it's after the shloshim, all the dinim that applies during the shloshim, whatever it is, the showering, the and all those things are bottle after the antif. Moreover, even before Yontif, it's permitted for him to cut his hair on the day before the regal. Tremendous chiddish, what's the p'sha. Hey, yes, the Rekol will, will cancel it. It's motive for him to get this haircut before the regal, even though before the regal it's still within the Shloshim. If, recal, if he didn't cut his hair, then also the Saba Then it's forbidden for him to cut afterwards. And Now, this whole thing is that the Shloshim is canceled. Altsal Simcha for the Yontif. So if he doesn't get the opportunity to go get a haircut in the covenant of Yontif, then, then the idea is that the Shloshim doesn't get canceled. So therefore, he has, has to continue and observe the Shloshim after the Regal. Very interesting halacha that we say if he didn't get the haircut on Erev HaRegal, then, then, then that's it. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't get it. Okay, so here, what do we have here? That the Shloshim is canceled according to the tanakama If it was eight days before the Regal, why eight? Because I finished the Shiva and then I'm into the one day, into the period of the Shloshim, that's when I've begun the Shloshim and when the Regal comes, therefore it gets canceled. By the way, everyone try to jump over this. You got to learn my con. Why does it say three days before the rego? We thought everybody knows you. We could sit for two minutes before Yontif and Yuntif cancels it. That's for another time. Akhobunim, that's what we learn over here. You have to be on the eighth day when the rego comes in order for it to be canceled, even if you didn't cut it here before the regel, it's motzrim to cut it after the regel. Why? Because since the same way mitzvah of, of, of the three days of just having a shiva for three days, it gets canceled for the rest. So too, the the the, the, the when you have seven days, it cancels all of thirty days. What does that mean? The previous Tana held that the Shloshim isn't canceled unless the, the eighth day was Erev HaYontav. Abba holds that even if there were just seven days of Shiva before the Regal, so meaning Erev regal is day seven of the Shiva, that also allows the Shloshim to be canceled. That's the main point which he is saying. And he's also saying that if for whatever reason you didn't get a haircut, you didn't respect it, it doesn't matter. It still gets canceled also. So Rabbi Shol is really making this very important. Seder Shai is making two points that I disagree with with the One is that just because you didn't shave and you didn't get a haircut before, you don't get penalized and say, oh, the Sholoshim wasn't canceled for you. Okay, that's clear that that's what he's arguing. But look at the other point that he's arguing on. He's saying, why'd you say day eight has to be there for it to be get canceled? Even day seven suffices. How could day seven suffice? Day seven is part of the Shiva. So if Day 7 is part of the shiva, how can Shol say that the shloshim has begun and the shloshim gets cancelled? Tadakam is the one who makes sense. Right? Shol is not only saying if you didn't get a haircut, you're good. Look at his language. He also says that the mitzvah of shiva is mevatel the shloshim. That even if Day 7 was Erev Aregel, then the shloshim gets cancelled. How could that be? My time at Shol? how could that be? You didn't start the shloshim yet. Again, the concept is that if the period, that period of mourning began, and now the month of Goms, it cancels it. So, Tanakama, Zayekwar, you have to be on day eight for the shloshim to get cancelled. Abbashole is saying that even day seven, being erev regular, suffices. How could that be? The shloshim period didn't start. Day seven is the day of Shiva. The Terence is, Unbelievable Day seven, we say, Mixasayom Kakulo. The Shiva ends when, not at the end of day seven. Day shiva, when you're counting your, day, your seventh day, you don't have to finish the seventh day of shiva. As soon as you sit a little bit in the morning, so shiva's over, you get up. We're very familiar with that, right? We're very familiar with the concept, the, the avod doesn't complete the seventh day. The Mixas Ayom of the seventh day is ayyom kakulo. That's fine, but that's not the Nechidish we need. We need Nacha chedesh, and because there's Mixas Ayom kakulo, that says that the shiva's over, therefore, the rest of day seven is the beginning of the shalashim. That's the khadish from Abishal. That day seven has two identities. Day seven, the beginning of the day it makes Yom that it's the end of days of the end of day seven of Shiva. And therefore it's also the beginning, it says if it's day eight, even though it's day seven. Therefore, it has a double count on that day. So that's what Rav stole it from. So according to the Tanah Kama, Ze'ef, you say, but a day doesn't become two. A day cannot become two. Therefore, the shloshim isn't starting until tomorrow. Maybe it's true that you could get up on the morning of the seventh, but the day isn't counted like two days. You can't say the shloshim has begun. Avshal says, no, that's exactly where Rav is coming from. So in Aaron Nakuda, where we're saying, by Naziris counts, the count of Naziris. So you have a before the day the sun was born, that it was counting towards his own term of Andrew when the sun is born it's also counting towards that term so for it has a double identity it's as if it's two days rav stole that idea from Abishol, so yeah the mission is not like Rav but we don't care Rav got it from Abishol. That's all because Avelus is d so you could be very lenient. So you could say that a day has a double count, and it's both the day of Shiva and the day of Shloshim together. also Daraisa you're dealing with a din that's from the Torah. It's a lot more strict to accept. You have to have a full term of 100. So what, a day becomes two days through the principle of mix Yom Kekulo, Mehei Rav cannot get that from Avashol. Abashal is in Avelus, Avelus is the rabonon it's not a riot in its ears. So we need to find someone who's in the Daraisah where we say mix of Yom Kekulo, and that a day counts towards two, and then apply that back to Rav. So now we go learn, and we'll learn, remember, one of the hardest sugyas we're about to do, one of the hardest sugyas in the entire Mesechah's Psachim is the sugya of Tumas HaTahoyim. And we're about to start the sugya of Psachim, Is coming back here into Nazir. So let's just jump right into it. The basic idea is that the carbon Pesach can only be shechted. You don't have to personally shaft and do it. You can just be part of the chabura and then shechted and slaughtered, and and, and, and and have the blood thrown on your behalf. All that is fine, but you have to be tar. You have to be a person who's pure. So we the, the question basically is for someone who is somewhat pure, somewhat impure. The Toma going away. Could he be part of the chabura? Could the carbon Pesach, Pesach be shafted and nisrach for him? So he says the You have a woman who. Yom? What's such a woman should Shomer's Yom? Can I get Yom? So you have, in the Isa level, a woman gets her period in the regular time. She's seven days. She's in Nida. Doesn't make a difference how much she bleeds. At the end of the week, she goes to the Mikveh and she's fine. She's good to go. Following the seven days, you have 11 days called Ziva, which means that hopefully she won't get her period then. And it would be extremely bizarre and irregular for her to get her period during those 11 days. I mean, she just had her normal period. So during those 11 days, she's not expected to bleed. If she does bleed during those 11 days, what is the halacha? So the halacha is, we start off, we say, okay, the Torah says it's an anomaly. She just guards, she just sees that the next day is pure and everything's fine. In other words, as long as she doesn't bleed the next day, everything's fine. If she bleeds the second day, same thing, no problem. Even though she bled two days, we say it was probably still an anomaly. Tomorrow she's not gonna bleed. She just observes day three as being a clean day, no problem. But if she bleeds three days, during the 11 days, then we say, uh oh, something is totally off here, and she becomes a zava. And the zava then has to count, she has to stop bleeding and count seven clean days, seven clean days before she can resume and go back to the mikvah. Now, today, we're really not familiar with all of this because midrahbanan, we said today that any time kind a of girl gets her period, whether it's regular or irregular, she always has the chumros of zava and she has to stop bleeding and count seven clean days. We treat everyone like a zava today, that's a very interesting drahbanan from Mesachesnita. But al kapanam, here we're in the daraisa. So. And the door the whole concept of seven clean days is only during the eleven irregular days. And during the eleven irregular days, the halacha is: the one or two days that she sees, she just has to observe one clean day, and then she is pure. It's only if she sees three days during the eleven days that she becomes a zavah and has to count seven clean days. So we're talking about a woman who shall marry on Yom. She's observing today as a clean day to offset the previous day that she bled. So she's during her eleven days of ziva, she's bled one day, and now she's one or two days, and now she's observing another day of being clean to so make sure that she's to. Oh yeah. And they threw the blood on her second day, meaning she's observing this day as being a clean day. She's bled one day, but the next day she's trying to make sure that she's clean. The problem is, and then she, she sees more blood. So in other words, in the moment that they shafted the common Pasach and slaughtered it for her, let's say, at, I don't know, 2 p.m., she hadn't seen. It was expected today was gonna to be a pure day, she would regain her purity. So in the moment, she was kind of in a quasi state of tahara. Why? Because she, she, she saw yesterday, if today is a clean day, she's fine, she's good to go, she's pure. If she sees more, she will not be, then she'll have to count tomorrow, right now she's impure. So in the moment, was she pure or not pure? So she was kind of pure, but Lamaisa, she saw later that day, which means that her day was not pure, which means that she has to observe tomorrow as a day of purity, and right now she's not pure. So what happens if at the time that and slaughtered and threw the blood? She hadn't yet seen her discharge, and later on in that day before the sunset, she does see Harizu Eino Lamaisa, she zichar can't eat from the carbon that night because she's tomato, right? She has to wait and have another pure day tomorrow before she can be pure. But She doesn't have to do pasachini. She's exempt. Meaning to say that somehow she was uh, the, the, there was a kiyum of fulfillment to her carbon pasach. So that's one of the hardest things. How could that be? The she ended up seeing. She was temea Therefore, she emerged that she wasn't pure. If she was, she wasn't pure, and that's why oh got right. She's not eating from the carbon pasach right. She has to wait for tomorrow to if to become pure and if she has a clean day. So how is she exempt from the carbon pasach? A perplexing statement from Reb So again, one of the case one more time. She she saw a day of one one day during her 11 days. The halacha is that she should count the next day as pure and she's fine. So she starts counting the next day as pure. She's hoping to be fine. At 2 p.m. she hadn't seen, they shefted and slaughtered the car, they shefted and threw the blood of the karma basach. And then later on during the day she saw, which means that she's going to have to observe another day as a pure day. So what happens is we say she can't eat the carbon that night, but she's exempt from karma pasach. Why, how could Rabbi Yossi say that? In other words, once she ended up seeing on that day, it turns out that that day wasn't observed as a pure day. All right, she has to observe tomorrow. So then how was, how was her Achiev satisfied? First and foremost, we got to introduce that concept. So the Torah said, count a clean day to offset the previous day that you bled. What does it mean? What's a day? What's a clean day? The terrorist says, Mixes kukulo. As soon as a minute or so in the morning that she didn't bleed, that's Mixes kukulo, all is good. Fine. That's fine, but that's not enough. Why is that not enough? Because even if Mixes Yom kukulo, but what happens when she ends up bleeding later on in that day? You know, here are the paradox. You've got to hear the, co- the, the paradox and the concepts here. On the one hand, it's Yom So she counted a clean day. She's pure. On the other hand, she ends up bleeding on the very day that you were saying was, was already a of being a pure day. So one person would say, very good. It was mixed as Yom Kikulo. It seemed to be good. But I much she ends up bleeding that retroactively the whole day cannot be considered a clean day? That would be the pastus. But Dr. Bios, you know, I hold so much from Mixos Ayom Kekulo that it was already considered a clean day. It was already established that she had a day that she was pure. And Mimela, there was a day that she was pure, then she's in a state of purity at 2 p.m. She's not in a uh, gray zone, a, a suspended, hopeful state of purity, contingent upon her not believing for the rest of the day. She's in a total state of purity because she had a mix of Sayom Kakulo was Mekayim the din that she was supposed to wait a clean day. I ah, She ends up bleeding later in the day. That's as if there's a new period which begins, <clears throat> which begins out of the blue at, at later on at that point. Imagine a girl who had not bled at all before. We shachth the carbon pass up her, everything is great, and then she's in the middle of her days of the 11 days of Ziva, and then Pitom afterwards she starts bleeding. Of course, she was already in the kind car, but carbon, everything's fine. She can't eat from the carbon tonight, but at the time of was she was totally pure. see that's exactly what happened here. She bled yesterday, but as soon as it was mixed up, today of pure, then she's already pure. So now what happens when she bleeds at 4 p.m.? No problem. That's a complete a completely new story. It does not remove that today's mixas ayon kikula was already chal and that she was pure at the time that the Karma pesach was shechted. That's the chiddush of repute. So again, what is he doing? He's taking mixas ayon to an extreme. He's saying mixas ayon but it's not the shot now. It's contingent upon her not seeing for the rest of the day. It's Mrs. ayon in a solidified way. There's two separate issues: one's the pesach, one's the So for pesach. Why is it, why is it such a uh, well, 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 the halacha of Pesach is dependent upon though. What do I mean? Okay, really what, yeah. like, let me clarify, let me clarify. If the halacha is when she bleeds now, that it's going to mess up that her count was considered a good count, then it will mean that she's considered as if she bled two days in a row, then that's certain that her karma Pesach was not fulfilled. Even though it seemed in the moment that everything was fine, but if said today, day two, when she's bleeding, is established as a day of bleeding, so then what does that mean? It emerges that today is not a day and she is pure. At the time the Karmic was shattered, she wasn't pure. It seemed, we hoped she would be, but she was. The Pshad in Rabbi is that he's saying in Hilchos Nida, she is considered to be only after, when I was, she, she bled yesterday, she bleeds today at 4 p.m. Since MIGSAS YOM KUKULA, according to a BOC, it's established that she removed her period from yesterday. The, the MIGSAS YOM that she didn't bleed until 4 p.m., it, it considers it and removed yesterday's thing. This that she bleeds at 4 p.m. is a new experience. She's on day one now. Therefore, according to Rabbi Yossi, ta'aka the Karme Pesach is fulfilled. So the Shashayi Lanoch's Karme Pesach is dependent upon the question of El Chosnida. So really what Rabbi Yossi is saying is the wild and we have to see, the Gemara is going to jump at this. According to Rabbi Yossi, how do you ever have a girl who bleeds three days in a row? (laughs) You always have the mix of Sinyam Kukula, but The Gemara is going to jump on that. We're going to eventually say she was bleeding like mamish, like directly into the days. A little vil, But the point that the Gemara is saying is, is that as soon as this makes a yom of purity, so it's offset, yesterday's period is, it doesn't make any tomah. It's already fulfilled her to her day. If she bleeds later on that day, that's a new experience. So Rob is going like Rabbi that's all good but we have a steer with that. And therefore, a tumah that comes afterwards is a new isolated thing and is not retroactive. So, is a guy who is a regular, regular. he's sick and he has irregular emissions. As a guy over here, has regular emissions, nothing to do with the blood of Nidav but just the irregular emissions that he has. So, if he sees twice, what happens? So, the, the, the issue is that he has to count seven clean days. So it's on day seven. He's hoping today will be clean. And then, but Lamaisa, he has to see that it's a clean day. But to be poor, his seventh day of, of, of counting his clean days was Arab Pesach. So they shechethed at 2 p.m. hoping that, what wow, it was going to all be good. But then what happened was, Figured out, or if or the Shemaz Yom Keneged Yom, our case that we discussed before, that, that, that they, 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 they threw the blood on the Shefton on her behalf. But Lama what happened, and Bro, and these two people saw later on that day at 4 p.m., either the Zov saw another Riyya, so he was hoping on day 7 for it to be a clean day, but Lama at 4 p.m. he gets a discharge, or the woman, the Shemaz Yom connected Yom, gets her discharge. Obviously, anything that they sat on her touch was Tameh. Black on white, that the toma goes l'mafreya. Let's say they, they were at two p.m. sitting on a couch where they're metame, mishka v'moishav. Then it's all tame We it's, we consider it that they were impure retroactively. Nonetheless, paturim is pesachini. They're still exempt from pesachini. So here it's beferish that Rabbi Yossi is saying that the tumah is retroactive. So we were saying before this is The It's not true. Rabbi says beferish that the toma is retroactive. And yet, still, it's still Pasa Pata from Pasashini. So, obviously, you got to explain that. If the Toma is retroactive, then how in the world is the carbon fulfilled? Say that. But what we said, that Rabbi Yoshi said, that it's only for, for the future and not retroactive, because Mrs. Yon separates the day into two, obviously, that's not true if we're saying that the Toma is retroactive. So, the Gemara says, no, 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 no. The whole idea is that that's a new Chumrah mid-rabanan. it only is metami things from the time and on of the discharge at 4 p.m. because misium kakulo, and therefore it's a new isolated incident from 4 p.m. and on. all right, that's why the karm is fulfilled, because klapi saw, we say it's a new experience and it's not retroactive. This that we said, the couch that they sat on is, is tamim mid that's all a new Chumrah, not to follow it, but that's all a d-rabanan. on father, the concept is misium kakulo, and any seeing from then and on is a new Tuma. If it would be a daraisa that retroactively they're Tameh, how could it be that the Khamer was fulfilled? that has to be the Pshat. That Midara it's only a Tumah from now and on. Because Mishim Yom Kekulo ended it completely. It's as if the seven clean days were over and then the Zav got a new emission out of the blue. It's not going to mess up his count of seven. The Shemar yom Yom, when she sees at 4 p.m., it's not going to mess up her day. Her day was already fulfilled. It's just going to be a new scene. And it's just a new Khamer Darban and that it's Tameh. How else would you look at it? And for the Gemara, you could say, the Gemara just says it's not much. You could have said that really the Toma's Darais are retroactive. It goes back retroactive. I, what in the world is the shot that the Karma Pazach has fulfilled? Tahoim de Zivahitu, someone who has the Tahoim, the Tumah of the Deep, was Ziva, they were matched. So what in the world does that mean? So there's basically a halacha, it's a unique halacha that there's a type of Tumah which is like something, the Tumah of the Deep. The Tumah of the Deep means that there's a mysterious Tumah that people didn't know about. And it's like a secret Tumah, a whole thing that was discovered only afterwards. No one in the world knew about it and suddenly we discovered that there was a Tumah. The details of what what constitutes Thomas HaTohm? You got to learn Sachem for You got to see it. One of the hardest concepts in Toma. There's a Tomah no one knew about. And if either one, you find out you were toma, you're Tomah. But Klapik, Carbon Pesach, there's a din that the tzitz is It's an unbelievable idea. And then you get Ritza carbon and you fulfill the carbon. if the Tuma that you had was a Tomah HaTohm, a secretive, mysterious Tuma. So what the Gemara is saying, Taking that, that concept, if that wasn't hard enough, Tomah home, and the Gemara is saying that the state of the Shomer Siyom Keneged Yom or the state of the Zov on the seventh day after Mixas Sayyom it's considered a Tomah home. It's considered a Tomah home because you have the Sayyom kekulo just if the Tumma comes later, then it's retroactively Tameh. So this retroactive type of tumma is a mysterious unknown tumma because in the moment, everything was pure. She wasn't bleeding, the Zov hadn't seen. So it seemed like the seventh day was gonna be good. So, even though retroactively he does go back, and that's Dorisa. The couches tell me that they stand on a Dorisa level. But cloppy the key of common Pesach, where there's a new Alochim of Shemisinai, Tumas at the home that sits as Marats and they get fulfillment, that's why it's Makoyah. So that's a wild idea. That's really beyond our scope of Nasser right now. You got to trust with the Gemara a little bit from Sacha. But where we are right now is that we have two different, radical, radically, two different interpretations of Rabbiosi. Again, Rabbiosi says that a Mishabayas Yom Yom, who they shackled at the time she hadn't seen, and then she discharges later on that day. Or the Zav on the seventh day that hadn't seen at the time that they shackled and and, and and throw the blood, but then he sees later on that day. Rabbiosi says they are Tamil Mafreya, but. The carbon is fulfilled. What's pshat in Rebbe? You see, we have two different approaches. One shot is the extreme view of Mixasayom Kekulo that they already counted. It's as if the day seven and the clean day is there, and any new emission is a new only Ball. Then Rav could take out of there what we wanted from Nazir is that Mixasayom Kekulo pulls you in two directions, and it's Chal, and it counts as two days. That's one idea. The other shot is no, Nishtaz you took You took some Mixasayom Kekulo way too far. Mixasayom Kekulo can't make it in two days. It's not going to make it. Of course, retroactively, it's something that it derives the level. The carbon is only counting because the new tumult, the new. Principle of Toma sat home, and then Rav cannot apply what he wants to Niziros. Okay, so it's a machlokes. Rav El that is the extreme. It says the Gemara, we've cleaned up here. Of Alfar Bishur, someone from Afri under Rabbanu Raboshi also holds that the Toma only only mitzrabbanah, meaning to say, like Rav understood that really it's based upon mitzayim kikulo in an extreme way. The Tanya Raboshi Amar Harozav Ashviyishalosos Shalofanav. If someone sees a ziva on the seventh day, he, he forfeits the last days. He loses everything. Rabbi Yochman said, no, it's not true. Lunister Eliyomo, he only loses one day. So what does that mean? You lose one day. What does that mean? If you're saying that to Tommy retroactively you didn't have seven clean days so you lose all of them, right? Let's say you see on day six. You go back to day one. So if you see on day seven if you hold it forfeit the days you should go back to day one. but It doesn't cause you to to forfeit anything because we say this day seven was already fulfilled with mix of and therefore it's like it's a new seeing so then you shouldn't lose even that day. It's a new seeing for the future. You're not losing that day. The seven days are already over. Rabbi Ochonan reads that you shouldn't even lose that one day. Meaning what Rabbi Yohanan is saying is I hold Miksas Ayom is completely kukulo. Therefore day seven was already finished. When, the, when he didn't see in the beginning of day seven, therefore any new seeing is a new seeing, and it doesn't even forfeit that day seven. The day, seven days are over. Any new emission is a new thing. Amalei Rabosia said to Rabbi Yochanan Rabbi Yossi Kavikavaseich. Rabbi Yossi holds <laughs> like you. Rabbi Yossi said the Amar must be that is my the Amar. Rabbi Yossi said back to Rabbi Yochanan that what you said goes like Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi, I thought we said said is Tami Mikanul Aba. Must be that's the Pshat. Rabbi Yossi almost only said Mikanul Aba Miderabbanan. It's only saying, well, my friend, and therefore, Abyosi was going like, um, what Reb Yochem was going like Reb So So, Octagomar, the obvious question which we finished our daf with. For we have Mrs. Yom Kokulo. How does somebody ever become a Zavagadollah? Zavagadola is somebody that, again, during the 11 days, if you bleed one day, a second day, and then a third day, your zavagadola you have to wait seven clean days and bring a carbon. How does that ever happen? Each day, you have a Shomeris Yom Kenegad Yom, and it's fulfilled right away because you didn't bleed in the first part of the day. Even if a person ends up bleeding on day two or they end up bleeding on day three, according to Rabbi Yossi, it's always going to be isolated incidents. It's never going to be they bled three days in a row because the fulfillment of waiting. A pure day always happens in the beginning of the day, and the Gemara speaks that out. Even the Chazapapagodi Yoma, if she experiences the discharge only in the second part of the day, the first part of the day already counted as a clean day. So the Gemara answers some pretty obvious points. One way, one way would say that she bled straight for three consecutive days, she would never stop bleeding. So if she never stops bleeding, obviously, you never have a mix of Yom Kikulo, and that. She was just pleading bleeding continuously for three days. It doesn't have to be the whole day. She saw for three consecutive days right by the sunset. There was no time at the beginning of the day to count as a clean day. Meaning, Miss Yom was always said in the beginning of the day. So if Miksas Yom would be clean, then you're right. Even if she sees later, it's a new thing, it's not going to say it's consecutive days of seeing. Masha if what happened is that she sees right by sunset, three days in a row, she sees, you know, it's starting 20 minutes before, through the hour of Ben she sees for that hour, three days in a row, so you never have Miksas Yom Kekulo. But any other case, as long as the beginning of the day, she wasn't bleeding, if she going to say Miksas Yom Kekulo, the day of accounting for Tahar is over and any new seeing is a new isolated um, experience.